praying instead of tweeting. Now that's a novel idea on a Monday morning. Let's talk about it together. Thank you for joining me today for this brief devotional. My hope is that your heart will both be encouraged and challenged. We're living in a world right now where you don't want to turn on the television and you don't want to scroll through Facebook news feeds and um, the political messages can be pretty exhausting. But as I was pondering and considering where we are, I realized the other day that there's never been a tweet that I've ever read that has transformed me. But I cannot say that about prayer. Prayer has utterly transformed my life. Because prayer reveals so much. It reveals need, it reveals sin, it reveals direction, it reveals revelation. It's just such a gift. And we live in such a noisy world. It's as if the loudest person wins so much so that we've forgotten how to hear. Isn't it interesting that when the psalmist wrote Psalm 23, that he said, you lead me beside quiet waters and it's there my soul is restored. Doesn't say anything about noisy, loud, talkative, tweeting waters, just quiet ones. And it's inside of that framework where the prophet Daniel said this that I just wanted to share with you. It's in Daniel 2, 21, and, and Daniel knew about kings. He was dealing with a king called Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who had actually taken Daniel and many of the young men from Israel prisoners. But yet inside of that prison, Daniel was um, miraculously and exceptionally used by God. And it wasn't because he tried to be the loudest voice in the room, but he was used by God inside of that framework because he was a man after God's heart. He was a man of prayer. Even when prayer was banned, do you know what Daniel did? Daniel threw open his windows and still prayed. But Nebuchadnezzar the king needed what Daniel had because he needed what the Spirit of the Lord offered and he had a dream. And Daniel was the man appointed and chosen to reveal the interpretation of that dream. And Daniel says this about God. He says, blessed be the name of God. This is in Daniel 2.21. Forever and ever, he knows all, does all. He changes the seasons and he guides history. Some of you need that comfort today. You need to know that your God is more sovereign than a political party. That's who our God is. And listen to this. It's our God who raises up kings and also brings them down. 
And boy, that message has been a comfort to me when someone's in the White House and I don't agree with their political views, that I can rest in the confidence that my God, the creator of heaven and earth, is the one who is sovereignly in control. Now, it doesn't mean we don't pray for election or pray for godly people to be put in the White House or in government or in authority. Absolutely not. But what it does do is it gives us a confidence that even when wicked men even when wicked men live in the White House or live in the palace, God is still sovereign. And God sets up kings and God tears down kings. And that's who my God is. So I need to be far more concerned with this relationship than these relationships. And worrying about what goes on here, I need to be far more concerned with what is going on here. So, if that's God's job, if God's job is to set up kings and tear down kings, if his job is to control seasons and guide history, then what is my job? And I think um, Paul gives us a beautiful picture of that when he's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. He says this, he said, the first thing I want you to do, Timothy, is this, pray. How many of us is that the first thing we do? especially in a moment like this. Pray. Pray every way you know how for everyone you know. Pray especially, listen to this, for rulers and their governments to rule well. It doesn't say pray if the person that you want to get in to lead or rule or govern is there. It doesn't say that. It says you pray no matter who's there, no matter who's in your government, no matter who's ruling you, you pray for them. That is our commission and command. And then he says this, why? Why do we do that? So we can be quietly about our business of living simply in humble contempla contemplation. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. Am I saying that we don't need to be involved, educated, aware, voting in this election season? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think all of those things are our responsibility as children of the kingdom of heaven. But I don't think that's our issue. I think the issue of our hearts in this season, it feels like that they're just wanting to be the loudest voice in the room. Sometimes the loudest voice is the voice that's quiet in prayer, bringing their petition before the heart of God. I think we could do for a lot more praying in this season than we've ex been experiencing thus far. That's why I'm grateful to know that people are praying in Washington, and people are praying in my city of Nashville. I bet people are praying in yours as well. 
but our homes need to become a haven of prayer, especially in this moment in time. Because more than we need anyone to hear us right now, we need the halls of heaven too. And that's something worth considering on this Monday morning. If your heart was encouraged today, please know that we have many other resources available for you. You can discover all of those at reclaiminghearts.org.